Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Robert Lane Creative Careers Podcast, the podcast about creativity and making a living in the arts. This episode of the podcast features a conversation with Jessica and Catherine from British band Smoke Fairies, as well as a cameo from Stanley the Cat near the end of the conversation. You can find Smoke Fairies online at smokefairies.com and you can find out more information about me and the projects I'm working on at robertlanemusic.co.uk. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe to the podcast, rate it, like it, share it, review it, because doing all of those things helps more people to find it in the future. Okay, here's my conversation with Smoke Fairies. Hey, Robert. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, all right. Can you hear everything okay? Yeah, I'm just going to put it on speakerphone so Kath can talk as well. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. You're now on speakerphone. Hello to both of you then. (laughs) Hello. Are you both all right? Yeah, we're good. Kath just went out to co-op. Yeah. It was just a completely, like, I... I've only really ventured out to the very small shop that has that's in our um, that's in our neighbourhood, and I thought I'd go to the slightly bigger one just because I thought things might have calmed down a bit. Like people mm. surely have enough stuff, but there was nothing there. Oh. And um, but luckily, like the main thing I was worried about was wine. Of course. And um, they had loads of wine, so as yeah. long as I got one of each rather than all the same wine it was allowed (laughs) so people are panic buying the wrong things is my opinion yeah there's a lot of booze left and there's a lot of chocolate left it's toilet paper and um soap that seems to be popular yeah well there was literally nothing except wine i find it quite interesting as to which cereals are left there was like this one called cruncho that was left that was just (laughs) Like this kind of weird, like mini shredded wheat with some chocolate in the middle. That sounds quite good. Yeah, but um, it was just like I kind of thought about buying it, and then I thought, no, this is what this is why people are going mad. They're buying things like this <laughs> just because it's there. Well, as things get more desperate, perhaps it will be the time to. What was that cereal called? It was like Cruncho or something. I mean, I can't really remember. That could be a week two of isolation thing, I guess. Yeah. For sort of context for anyone listening, because I was thinking that this is quite interesting, like people are listening to this on the other end of things. We're actually now in day three, I think, of the proper full-on lockdown in the UK. Um, but I guess for you guys, because yeah. this is kind of, in a selfish way, interrupted <laughs> your album release had you finished the tour that was supporting the album i mean in a way we're quite lucky because our album came out at the end of january and we Mm. did a small tour so um we we're just really grateful we got that done Mm. but um we were meant to be going to some record stores next week and that's not happening Mm -hmm. so yeah we've managed we've um we're gonna do a sort of virtual gig on the same day as the record store gigs Cool. Um, to try to um, keep doing something and 
Um, but it's yeah, it's, it's really hard for all these record shops. You know, they um, they're all kind of um, we 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 wanted to support them just as much as anything with with these gigs. So it's sad that we can't go and do that. And when you have an in store, you bring loads of people into the shop, yeah. and they end up buying stuff. And yeah. so yeah. And it's, you know, an industry that wasn't exactly, um, that was having its troubles anyway in terms of record sales yeah. and, and playing live and everything. It's um, It'll be interesting to see how it affects things in the long run, I guess. I hope that people will kind of rally behind them because um, it's times like this you sort of realise how much you care about certain things you do with your time even more. And I hope that people, yeah, find ways to support them. I mean, they're all trying to sell their merch online and stuff like that i bought my brother a t-shirt for his birthday from pie and vinyl mm-hmm. which is one of our favorite record shops down in south sea and um stuff like that we can do i think yeah absolutely and it's it's how long this stuff goes on for as well isn't it because it feels as if in this first bit it's like everyone's really keen to support people's live streams and everyone's going to carry mm. on buying stuff but it you know you wonder if we are in this sort of situation for a long time, it'll be interesting to see how we're looking at things at the other end of it. I mean, I think everyone's perception of a whole load of stuff that we take for granted is going to be changed in quite a significant way. Yeah, I think we're going to come out the other side with a whole new set of kind of values, maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. I think so. We'll I mean, it'll just it'll just have to be, won't it? I think there's a in society and in general, but particularly in like the the sort of creative industries. A lot of stuff that's been taken for granted, and as you were saying, once it's not there, it's it's quite yeah. obvious how much people need it. Yeah, but I think that I I have a feeling that after this time, however long it lasts, which we don't know at the moment, um, I think there's just going to be a rush of things that people have been storing up because ultimately we've all been stuck inside our houses, and um, I think it, although like kind of inactivity isn't. I don't find particularly inspiring, you know, you do feel a bit lethargic. Mm. There will be like, you know, everyone creates in different ways, I guess, but I think people will, will kind of, I think there'll be just be loads of stuff coming out. Um, it might be quite a exciting time when we are all finally free. Yeah. I think there's going to be a, you know, for me anyway, there's lots of stuff that I've been wanting to do for a long time, but you give yourself that excuse of, well, I'm too busy. You know, there's all these other things that I have to do mm. and it's, you've, you'll find out how important they are once the other things aren't there as an excuse anymore, I guess. Yeah. That's really the silver lining, isn't it? Hopefully. Having this free time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although the other side of that is there's this whole thing that's going about recently, like, you know, Shakespeare, when he was in lockdown because of the plague, he, <laughs> yeah, wrote, I've seen he that. wrote Hamlet. It's like, well, fucking hell. No pressure. No yeah, pressure. Yeah. Getting out of bed without crying seems kind of the, the successful day <laughs> at the, so far, but, you know. Oh, I don't think, yeah, I, sort of creativity doesn't really ever seem to happen when you put pressure on yourself to be creative, or at least the best creativity doesn't happen that way. Mm. So I think, yeah, people need to cut themselves some slack. It's, it, I think it's fine to not achieve anything. Yeah, yeah, just do it to ease your mind, that's all. Well, that's the other thing, isn't it? It's like what I find yourself kind of asking what it's for a lot of the time. I mean, I do <laughs> all the time. It's like, what is this piece of music or whatever it is? What is it? 
absolutely and you can fall into this trap as a, a performer thinking it's for an audience it's for a radio play or whatever but actually should it be well that's the main kind of demon isn't it I guess halfway through you're just like why am I doing this am I doing it for myself or it's such an interesting process because you're not only with the creating and the actual writing the song, you're like, what is the point of another song? Mm. Like, unless I'm doing something really exciting with that, then which, you know, half the time you feel like you're not really. Um, what's the point of it? It's just adding to the big mountain of big pile of songs. But then there's another thing when it comes out where you're like, you know, getting all this kind of different reaction and you're sort of, trying not to obsess over what everyone thinks and you're putting all these Instagram posts out with your face on and you're like who am I like yeah when you go on tour it's uh, it's just especially seeing as we've been away for about four years it's like going from naught to ten of like look at me and it's just like you come off tour and you just feel gross with yourself for like (laughs) going on stage and like it's just really weird it's a weird thing I mean, I think it's just important. It's important to get the balance between feeling like it's a privilege and um, almost not worrying too much. Like people are there; they've made the choice to be there. You just have to accept it. (laughs) But you know, I'm starting to think, like in this lockdown, like how amazing is a gig? Like Mm. how lovely is it that people just all choose to squish together without a chair, stand up for like three hours next to some sweaty person they don't know rubbing up against their like sweaty arm (laughs) and staring intently at a stage with just you know a couple of ordinary human beings on um I mean I think I think it's amazing that human beings feel compelled to do that and it's joyous you know it's it's something that and if you imagine an alien coming down to Earth, they would be like, what are these nuts doing? And you wouldn't be able to explain it to them if they didn't weren't able to hear the music like we do. Yeah, that's true. And it's, again, the other thing with, with enforced being locked down, because I don't know about you, but I'm a quite happy homebody, to be honest. Like, the idea of having plenty mm, of time to just, to just sit at home and write something if I want to or catch up on some films or some reading, you know, that's brilliant. But all yeah. of a sudden, when you're being told to do it, it's this terrible... Um, it, that's just human nature, isn't it? We're shits, really. Because as soon as you're told to do something, it's this terrible, like, oh, no, I, I need... Rebellion kicks in. Yeah, like, like how many people are suddenly jogging? It's like, because you've been told you can jog every day. So it's, like, There yeah, seems to be no. so many more people doing that now. <laughs> Let's quickly all go to the beach, because we can get out <laughs> once a day. Yeah. yeah, it's a bit nuts. I found that I went for a jog last night, and there were just people everywhere... And because I'm so paranoid, I was doing this ridiculous zigzagging jog where <laughs> to avoid every person by way over the recommended two metres. <laughs> and if someone came towards me, I would veer off. I mean, at one point I ran through a, through a hedge because I just was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it. yeah, it's all very panicky. And then when you get home, it's, it's really, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, how because our album's called Darkness Brings the Wonders Home mm. and how this time of real darkness must be, well, hopefully for, I know that everyone's home isn't always a happy place, but mm. it does make you reflect on whatever that home is and um, 
and see that I hope most people are seeing what they've got and um, kind of valuing it. Mm, that would be cool. I think as well as a as a performer, as an artist, do you find that it's possibly enforcing a a moment of considering what you are and what you do, what you're about? Because I found that it's like, well, if I'm not out playing shows and I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that, then then what am I? I mean, I think we've kind of been through that stage already before now, um, mm. with the lead up to this album, where we were really questioning the way that music had kind of dictated our entire lives. And, and because it was so hard to make, be successful or feel successful, whatever that means, um, it can lead to quite, some quite dark places and make you feel quite bad about yourself. And actually we've, you know, in some ways we sort of took a break from it and that was really, really useful. Yeah, I think that um, there comes a time when you've got to kind of redefine your relationship with music. And maybe in our 20s, it was that was all that was propping us up. That was all that was defining us. And then if it's not necessarily a success or you can't do it, then it is really just like a massive... um, crisis I guess it's like you're the thing that you've set your entire personality or you know your work sense of self-worth on mm. is just a trapdoor that continuously opens up from under your feet and I don't think that's a good position to be in with anything really mm. and um you know there's this kind of myth about like if you're an artist you've got to be like bleeding all the time and mm. you're bleeding all the time anyway you, are, yes. you know what I mean it's like <laughs> that's life like we don't need to like excessively I think it, it, and, and that place isn't always a creative place to be in and you're just you know you're causing you need to be in a harmonious state with the other person in your band as well like mm. that you're both in it at the same time with the same amount of energy um, otherwise it's not really going to work in its best way you know Mm. So you'd said before this last project you'd taken was it four years out? Did you say you were four years away from shows and stuff? Yeah, kind of four years, I guess. I mean, it wasn't really four years of not doing music. Like some of the songs on this album were written over lots of time during that period, so yeah. we we're always thinking about music in different ways. But in terms of engaging with the industry, mm. yeah, we just kind of went. We just went. Uh, dark I guess went off grid yeah I think it was like really important to, for us to disconnect from any idea of it as a business or any idea of it as success or failure or kind of any way that we'd have to measure ourselves against someone else mm. it was like went completely back to like what do we want to do what do we want to what do we enjoy playing what do we want to say and, yeah and that led to us writing songs just for ourselves or each other which was a really good place to be in, I think. I think it, I really like, I know everyone says this about their latest record, but I feel like it's our, I don't know if our best is the right word, but it's the one that I feel most uh, has its own, probably since Through Low Light and Trees, which was our first record, mm. has such a distinct sort of personality to it um, that feels like it really came from somewhere very real rather than okay let's do the next album you know was some of the previous projects 
partly pleasing somebody else or trying to as well? Like, were you were you trying to create something that you thought somebody else wanted, whereas with this one, maybe not so much? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, um, I guess uh, when you're... It's hard not to look at comments on, like, oh, you should be happier or you hear your radio pluggers saying this, well, we can't plug any of this because they need a hit single. And so you try and write that hit single that you think the radio is going to pick up on or you think ads are going to pick up on. And then that doesn't go well. So then you just think, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. So I think there's so many kind of layers of people and comments kind of in the back of your mind when you write. And it's really important just to... um, unless you know that you're good at writing or it's like you have to write a jingle or whatever, then mm. you've got to fit within a brief. But I don't think you should be listening to those things. I think it's, I sometimes I like to think like just before I start something, I like thinking like, what kind of song do I want to write today? Like if I don't have an immediate idea or an immediate impulse, um, sometimes I'm like, you know, why don't you just do a really like, why don't you try a really kind of riff-based heavy song and that would be mm. fun. And you kind of, I suppose somewhere in the back of your mind, you're like, well, maybe that's the kind of song that, you know, would be more likely to be a radio one. But they never are, are they? No, they never are. So, But it's kind of like you you sort of need those ones to make the team believe they're going to. You need people around you to believe that one of them might be. Yeah, that's true. And then they get excited about it, and then unfortunately they all get disappointed. <laughs> but, but you kind of like, you sort of have to have this weird kind of self-perpetuating belief, self-perpetuating belief within your own team yeah. that everything's fine. A bit like a sort of praised politician, and I'm not going to sort of insinuate this as anyone, heading towards a major crisis with their blinkers on. Um <laughs> It's sort of like that, you know, you've sort of got to have that weird confidence in what you've done. And to create that, I think you do have to have certain things that fit certain moulds that people can get behind. So it's really hard. I mean, how do you take that all out of your mind when you're writing a song? Yeah, that's a lot of things to have in the head before you've even strummed a chord. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. And how does songwriting work Sometimes- for you? Sorry, go on. I interrupted. No, no, I'm, I'm just blabbing on. I've, I've just opened my first bottle of wine. Sorry, that made it sound like I was going to have numerous bottles of wine. <laughs> Your first bottle of wine this hour. Honestly. I have had quite a lot of wine recently. It's It's been, um, I went, basically, I, I braved the outdoors just to get wine. <laughs> Well, when Boris Johnson said we couldn't go outside, you just, your first thing was, I've got to go outside and get more wine. Yeah, well, that... I did try to do an online order, but they were obviously no slots. So I thought, well, I just I got into a bit of a panic and I nearly signed up to a wine club. Okay. Um, anyway, you, you had sorry, a question. No, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing he said was, you know, try and do online shopping. It's like, well, obviously, yeah, obviously like, we all shouldn't be doing that. that. Only the people who have to be locked away should be doing that. Yeah. <laughs> It's I'd, silly, isn't it? That's the one bit where I was like, kind of like, hey, I don't get that. Uh, I say the one bit, you know <laughs> what I mean. Um, but yeah, that was in the list, wasn't it? Only go out for essentials, and that would be wine, surely. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. For me, it's been it's been chocolate. I haven't been able to stop eating chocolate for the past week now. Oh, 
we gave up chocolate just like for Lent. Okay. And um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I didn't. When Lent started, no one really realised how <laughs> what situation we'd be in. No, it's not been a good year to give up um, panic <laughs> for Lent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was my question? Pres- oh, Given up what? Panic. 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 Did you say panic? Yeah, panicking. Oh, how do you? I mean, that's quite a difficult thing to choose to give up. I no, would think, but yeah, it wouldn't have been the right year to do it. I mean, <laughs> I remember um, I went to the doctor once. Uh, well, it was a nurse, and I had because I was I was convinced I was getting a stress rash, mm. um, and it was all like down my arm, and it was like flaring up when I felt a bit stressed. And so I showed, you know, I explained it and they said, well, she was like, well, I think you should just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. I hadn't tried calming down. It's a really great idea. That is good advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did it help? Did it help? It really helped. Yeah. I was immediately the rash calmer. So next time the rash appears, you just think, oh, I should be calmer. Okay. The question I was going to ask, what can I... oh, yeah, talking about songwriting. Um, do you guys right. write as a as a co-write or do you write individually and bring stuff together or does it vary from tune to tune? Um, mainly we start off separate and then we come together. I mean, some songs you've written a keyboard riff, haven't you? And then I've just nicked it and written other things over the top i really like it when that happens i like it when we have collaborative moments like that but it's rare <laughs> yeah. i mean we sort of like have a very heavy influence on the on each other's well, songs we do very heavy critiques i guess yeah you know, one person will play the song and the other one will say sometimes it's really shit or or it's just a facial expression yeah. <laughs> The look of disgust and you'll just take it away and rework it or you just be like, what is going on in that chorus? And um, so I think a lot of these songs on our album, some of them have been going for about mm. four years mm. and um, they've had many, many different kind of um, personalities and guises and tunes and names and they're just ever evolving. And there's a mm. few that we've gone back to after four years cut them up completely added new choruses and um so a lot of it is recycling as well and because we've been songwriting together since we were 13 we've got quite a one of us will be like hey remember that super song you wrote about the dead chicken well let's nick that chorus and you know we can make it really emotional about something else so i mean we haven't done that yet with johnny was a chicken have we i was gonna say but um, that's a pretty good chorus, though. <laughs> Everybody knows there's a heaven for a chicken tonight. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's going to be difficult to improve that is the problem. So it's just finding the vehicle for it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, maybe a kid's album. There you you go. know, kids need to do with the... <laughs> it could be called... <laughs> Death Explained for Children. Another big hit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I guess, um, I guess what I, I think we've kind of, we do is we sort of demo songs a lot and, um, it allows like, for example, Jessica might, if she's written like, um, a tune and like, we've kind of got the basics down, 
I might take it away and like add wrists or chop things like sort of add things that change it up slightly and then sometimes Jessica will rewrite that mm. in a different way again so I think it I don't know there's something about this sort of process that we both feed into quite a lot and it's really difficult to explain exactly how that works mm. um it's just kind of from I guess we're both editors of each other's songs yeah, I guess that makes sense, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That, I always feel like that with sort of producers and stuff. The best uh, record producers are more like directors or editors. You know, they're not kind of... Yeah, exactly. They're bringing the best out of you from something that they can see is there, even if you haven't quite spotted it yet. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you kind of almost, even if you're not quite sure about a song or the way it's being done, you kind of have to go with it. Mm. And that person, like, play out what they want from it and then kind of start and then kind of take it back again. It's an interesting process. I don't really, I think it takes a lot. I think we've just been doing it for a long time. Are there any tunes then where it is one person's work more or less and you're the one hasn't had so much to do with it? Does that happen? Uh, Some songs maybe more than others. Some maybe more than others, I guess. I don't know, really. That's probably no. It sounds a bit <laughs> like a no. <laughs> That's cool. yeah. no, it's I guess because you guys have been working together for, for you know, a while and, the, you know, it's sort of the process is quite, um, quite fluid and quite natural, I guess, and so maybe you don't actually spend that much time thinking about it. I think my inclination when I'm writing is to um, I really like I I can hear almost the whole thing Mm. in my mind in a way sometimes with certain songs where I'm like oh and then the drums will come in like this and then so I think I take on a bit more of a role of fleshing out some of the other instrumentation yeah because I feel like I can really hear it sometimes and it's just a matter of trying to work out how to so on on sort of logic or whatever we'll I'll sort of map out the drums and then and so that but but I'm conscious of the fact that that's how I work so I always try to hold back so that I leave space for Jessica but you are more of the producer aren't you so you're the one with the logic and the computer and I, I really lo- love that. I don't have the patience for it. So mm. so Jessica would literally be like, have a very limited attention span to things. And I, whereas I have the like, I'll dig into it for hours, like thinking of things. So I find that we just like, I think in that way, we do kind of complement each other. Um, so I, it's difficult to describe how that works, but. Um, and is this at home? When you for for demoing and stuff, then is this like yeah, a... which is a kind of yeah, but I kind of like um, I can't when I'm doing something myself, I find it easy to kind of record it so to show it as an idea because mm. I can hear all the other instrumentation that I kind of want to happen in terms of certain drum patterns or whatever. Yeah, but I consciously always leave a space um, for for Jessica to kind of make a equal stamp on it because I think it's a real mistake if you're the sort of person that 
does sort of enjoy spending lots of time adding things and does feel confident doing that to just continually plaster yourself over yourself I mean what's the point it's really boring you come up with something that's you know much more standard than what you would achieve with someone else so it's I think it's really really important if you're that way inclined to just continuously check yourself and be like am I just am I just having a great time like (laughs) enjoying myself thinking about it or am I actually thinking about the song and how to serve that and like bringing in the other person so that it gives it that weirder element I mean Jessica comes up with things that are usually much weirder than I would come up with and yeah and those demos then did they are they pretty much how the finished thing is going to end up or do things change then in the yeah well with the last album the demos really guided the whole thing and and plus the important thing to remember about demos is practically you need them to persuade other people to get on board with the project so that's always in my mind and I'm just like if I don't make this demo sound good people just don't get it they can't just think oh it's just a vague idea if it's not in time if it's not like got some sort of idea of when things would kick in often people just can't see it as with the kind of you know they can't see the potential in it yeah they're seeing all the 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 sort of technical problems rather than the song i guess if it's yeah they really do they uh, most even people who you think like from the music industry who are like you know they're like they always say oh we don't worry just send over whatever you got you know we're used to hearing whatever demos like Mm. just from people's iphones and then you do something like that and they're like they don't get it at all so (laughs) i've definitely learned to just ignore that crap and just make something that sounds palatable and um (laughs) make sure they can understand it as a kind of so they can sort of hear that then they suddenly start saying oh you know who you should work with blah 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 and um that's what you need to get people to be thinking yeah so i think it's important to sort of think it's important to sort of how like get that balance right between like a home demo that's sort of quite sketched out so that some producer would think oh i could do something with this mm. and like making sure people see the potential in this is quite difficult but the great thing about Jessica is she'll just be like I think you've added enough now (laughs) (laughs) so I just sort of I think it's good it's an interesting thing that isn't it about people who self-produce um yeah because it's trying to be all of those things at the same time like the right I mean I even get it like if I'm recording my song but then i'm doing a guitar part is to try and get in the headspace of you're the guitar player like what would a guitar player do for this rather than you know so to add in the extra element of it because i don't really do much production really do little demos and stuff but it's having somebody else there to sort of say you know you're done now (laughs) or you know take three was better all those little things yeah i mean i'd love to do some actual production but not for ourselves Mm. like we need like we're too close we need like someone who's got that kind of who can cut through the crap and just be like no that sounds you know like someone who doesn't isn't emotionally connected to it is really important I think and I I don't want to self-produce 
smoke fairies at all. Mm. How? Because it's too. Yeah. How how easy or not was the process of recording that album then once you were in the studio? Jessica, I've been talking. For yeah, ages. sorry, I've lost concentration when you go off talking about. <laughs> oh, no, you went and did stretches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh God, Cass gone on a monologue about production. Um, <laughs> it's all right. We didn't actually get on to talking about gear though, so that was all right. I didn't ask. No, her, and didn't ask goodness. her what monitors she's got. I just like to say that um, <laughs> when I'm, I'm using a B five ninety two at the moment of a new mic that I've just bought in, and it's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> they um, are great, those not, though. Not as good as the B five ninety four, but they're pretty good, you know. Yeah, well, sometimes I prefer an M twenty five if I'm <laughs> going on an A one, but like you know, I don't, I don't mind really. Particularly when you're self isolating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah the um the album was really hard yeah because we were working with the producer who did kind of cut through all the crap and um he he wasn't really afraid of telling us that we were being shit <laughs> and uh making us cry so uh <laughs> I, say, I didn't cry you didn't, but you were drinking lots of beers. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, so he'd be like, "That you sound really weak and um, pitchy and scratchy, <laughs> pitchy and scratchy." Or come on, like when the guitar parts, you know, he wasn't. Normally, we kind of just kind of flounce around playing the guitar part without really thinking about how to define the riff or anything, and. Mm. But it was really, it was a learning experience. I think we came away feeling like we'd become better players and um, that we'd been properly challenged, which is quite rare at this stage in life. But I also think there was something going on with our like actual feeling about being musicians as well. Like we, we were coming back into this world and we, you know, been doing our, you know, the jobs and all kinds of things. And I think it was just like, do we really belong in the studio with this mm. like top producer and like in this studio that's owned by Pearl Jam like what wow. we, you know like it just kind of all feels very we'd basically saved up all our holiday from work to go out and record mm. and it kind of yeah it didn't feel very professional <laughs> you don't feel like a professional you know if you're not if you're not doing it professionally basically mm. and um I think that Phil like lives in a world where he's he's a complete you know that is his profession that's what he's since he was a kid and first came out of school that's what he did and that's what he managed to make money from yeah um, and he's done loads of amazing things and um, we come from a world where we're like always feel like we're clinging on by our fingertips you know to something very elusive that is tr like a kind of or like trying to ride some kind of animal that's I mean, trying to shake we, us off we didn't really have the time to we work full time so we didn't have the time to really I guess you don't have all day to practice and so I guess that was the kind of crux of it when it's like your guitar playing isn't good enough it's like well I haven't actually had all the free time in the world to get this ready so oh, I mate, guess yeah. that's the kind of um that was the upsetting thing about it I guess 
where it's just kind of like trying to I mean I think when you're in the studio you unless you're someone who's massively confident and kind of has a lot on your side feeling insecure is quite a common feeling when you're recording with mm. you know people that you know you know what they've done and who they are and and um I kind of thought we'd got over that but I think there was this was something slightly different to that it was it wasn't just like an egotistical thing it was like a real it was almost a paranoia that we were mm. everyone thought we were crap I think because we had got to the stage in our careers where we were sort of convinced that you know we felt like you know you do kind of you don't feel successful and I suppose you sort of think well it's because of the songs it's because of the way I did something or the way I am or and um and then we'd sort of really kind of gone back to just the two of us Mm. and that felt really comfortable and nice and like this is where I want that this is this is great like this is what makes us special like uh, in terms of our musical sort of relationship and um and we'd sort of really honed it down to what made us unique as a band and then suddenly we had to go back into music like the kind of actual music industry with it and it was like a horrible rebaptism. <laughs> like I don't know I just I I think I like it when we're creating and we're on our own and it feels magical and mm. It's just about an atmosphere and about something intangible and something emotional and special. And then as soon as it comes out of that world, it's really, really difficult. The studio is such an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I always feel like you are really confronted with your insecurities and they're like just laid bare in front of you. Because even the simplest things can take a long time to get right sometimes, can't they? Yeah, it's weird. And it's, uh, you know, you're racking up money. Mm. And um, we only had a month like there was we, we kind of had this month. And to us, that was a long time. Mm. But to Phil, that was a really, really short time. And when we started to sort of work with him, we we're like, oh, I can see why it's a short time. Because he's, I mean, it's like spending a day trying to find the right amp. Yeah. And then you just kind of are conscious that the days are ticking ticking away and and then like when you come to play it you're like fucking up the part or whatever mm -hmm. and um I kind of feel like I I just for me I just kind of had this weird sort of sensation I was like this is going to be fine even though everyone's freaking out um <laughs> I can um I know this is going to be fine once we get the guitars done <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the main thing. Yeah, once the guitars are done, I was like, we've done it. It's going to be fine. No, but I just I could I don't know like this I could I, just, I don't know I was um I was quite convinced it was going to be okay. It, it was just there were some challenging moments, but I think we're really like grateful to have worked with Phil. And on the way home on the plane, we were like, you know what, we just do that all again, wouldn't we? Go back yeah, and work that's with Phil. That's the mad thing about it, isn't it? You go through all these sort of 
pains of it but then at the end of it it's like yeah we'll do that again but i think i guess yeah, the thing, like, the thing with, really great. with your producer that's saying that it's like he's telling you stuff that is upsetting but then he obviously it's that thing in it when you sometimes think oh my god they must think i'm shit but they're not saying it because they think you're shit it's just that you're being shit at that moment and they want you to do it yeah. better. they want you to do it better because they know that you can yeah, yeah exactly. and i and i'd really like like the fact that he was getting emotional about it at times was like I found quite um, encouraging. So I was like, this like he just wants this to be really great, and yeah. I want it to be really great. And so um, I think um, he was almost like the he was the perfect person, really, to kind of like take us out of our sleepy hole and like turn us into what we really can be. But it was just like we had to, we had to step up, you know. And he made us realise that. But I really, really like what he got out of us, and I and I think his like attention to detail with the guitar parts were really key to it. And um, yeah, he's he's a very interesting person. He's actually really funny as well. Like we're making him out sound like he's always really <laughs> intense, but he's. He's such he, a goofy person. He's he, like he didn't make you cry every day. That's that's good. <laughs> Once again, I want to reiterate, I didn't cry. Okay. Um, it kind of leads me on something I like to talk to people about anyway, in general, which is like criticism. And I've I was quite interested in your podcast as well that I was listening to that you talked a bit about this kind of thing. Like, how are you with that? Does does it hurt you if people? criticize what you're doing it's, or well it's kind of funny to look at it um when it's in the past because you're like well they're criticizing the past me and yeah. there have been some <laughs> really harsh things and you can kind of find it funny yeah but um like in the latest tour I didn't read anything while we were on tour but then I went home and suddenly read all the reviews and that can really like knock you back for a few days mm. like um someone said that um after looking at us on stage for a few songs you'd think we were complete novices and <laughs> I remember that gig to be really good like <laughs> it felt really kind of strong and we went on stage and we knew what we were doing except for our bassist who ran off to go to the toilet <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, they didn't mention that. But um, Whereas a professional yeah, just, would have... It was a real professional A professional would have shat themselves on stage. That's the difference. Yeah. No, but he really would have done. He said it, he was very close. So, actually, he's going to he do a P. He, no, P, yeah, just to but, confirm it was a P. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, he, but he did it very professionally. I mean, I was telling a joke about Bon Jovi at the time, and I didn't even notice he'd gone. Well, that yeah, is good. Such a Bon Jovi. No, it was meatloaf. He went on such a meatloaf ramble right, that he had ample time to go to the toilet, come back, and he didn't even realise. Had no idea. That but is yeah, good. back to criticism. It's probably it's really hard. I don't. I think it's kind of like this thing where everyone's like, well, you know, the important thing is you don't read your own reviews. But you, you kind of like, you know, you just. It's really difficult because you do sort of wonder how people <laughs> what people are thinking <laughs> and so unless you're kind of some sort of I think that's probably 
Maybe true if you're someone really big who's got like a whole load of different people that's filtering through. Yeah. But um, ultimately, you get curious. And um, I certainly like hang on to comments that I hear. Um, and I, and we, I'm, I think it's fair to say we get lots of good comments and positive reviews, but you just don't remember them. <laughs> you just forget them. And um, there's like particular ones over the years that have really stung. And what is it about criticism do you think that hurts? Because some people I've spoken to for this are like, they're not bothered unless the criticism actually... Well, actually people have said different stuff. Some people have said it hurts when it it spots their own, something they themselves are insecure about. And then other people yeah. get annoyed when it misses the point of what they're trying to do, I think. I think both of those things. And we get that with our managers, don't we? We're always joking about them. Um, they're kind of like, they're quite funny. Um, they always say like, oh, well, you don't know what everyone's saying. I mean, that's what we're here to shield you. It's quite, but, but it's sort of like... Um, I find it really, really weird, the whole process. When you write an album, you demo all the songs, everyone's like, we love it, it's amazing, it's absolutely brilliant, like, this song's going to be a radio hit, we've spoken to this guy who's, like, this person's radio plugger, someone really famous, and they'll be like, you know, they love it, and they really want to get on board, they said they could definitely get you on this playlist and that one, Mm. and it sounds really, like, you can't help it, you start getting sucked in, you're like, oh, maybe I have written an amazing album that everyone's going to love, and then suddenly it's like, none of those things happen and you have to like you're like oh okay um maybe it was all crap you know you swing completely the other way what's your definition of success in terms of like pieces of music or career and that sort of stuff at this point and has it changed um it's changed this week i feel quite successful not to be relying on music for my income (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I never thought I'd say that, but um, I don't know. I mean, I felt really when we went on tour in January after being gone for so long, we were really feeling the love from our fans. And I think it was really apparent that our music has actually meant something in their lives. Mm. And they were really pleased we'd gone and done another album and mm. That's basically it. That's all you can wish for. Completely. And it was like, it's it's com- it's completely, that's what it's all about. But the, I think the issue is sometimes you don't always get faced with that impact in its purest form. And that's why it's so important to be gigging and so important mm. to be talking to your fans. Because they will tell you things like how much it means to them and why and things they were going through in their life and things that it helped them through. And that, I mean, I don't know what more you could really want other than that. Some money. Maybe. Loads of money. <laughs> yeah. Thank Drugs, you. obviously, and thank prostitutes. You. But thank like, you. apart from that, like... <laughs> thank you for enjoying my song, Give Me Some Money, Drugs and Prostitutes, to show how much you <laughs> But that's, I mean, that's because all of those things, to be fair, like the 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 money and the success if you were looking at bands from the past who had all that like in huge amounts and stuff it was it was a signifier of the fact that people liked their music hopefully so, so mm. it's, it's just the sort of the rewards of it might have changed a little bit but the initial totally kind of, changed. yeah 
but the kind of actual yeah. impact of it should hopefully be similar, I guess, and possibly in a way. I don't know. What do you think? Is it is it kind of more important? It feels as if now you can have quite a, a small fan base in the grand scheme of things, but you can connect with them a lot easier than maybe bands did in the past. Well, we always. I feel like we've always connected with them because we always have taken the time to talk to them. Yeah. At shows and things, and we've got to know a lot of them. Um, and I think you that sort of like the we've never really felt that comfortable with social media but now that you know once we've been out on tour again you sort of want to you feel a bit more connected to social media because you know who you're connecting to Mm. I think it's they go hand in hand really but the podcast has been really great because people seem to really like it and find it fun and in sort of like they've got a couple of extra friends hanging out in with them and um that makes me feel really good yeah because that whole that kind of came out of us just wanting to take the piss out of ourselves and the music industry and all these things we're talking about our own egos and Mm. all those things that you get caught up in like oh this person said I was great once you know let's take the piss out of that because Mm. none of those things really matter um really yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> when all is said and done, it all matters so much. <laughs> Nothing's more important yeah. than anybody's ego. That's just how it is. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Um, I found all that really interesting. So you've. I found it really. It was quite fun on a very sort of weird evening. <laughs> another lockdown. Good. Well, that's the thing in it. Like, I'm I'm a massive fan of podcasts anyway. Like listening to them, and I've enjoyed. I've been doing this a couple of months. I've enjoyed doing it, but I'm just suddenly aware that stuff like that could become more important. Like, it's just as you were saying, it's a way of having some friends over and chatting to them without actually (laughs) needing them there and all that kind of thing. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Like, if all this stuff had happened 20 years ago, but I mean the sort of the lockdown situation, how much? harder would it have been because we wouldn't have had the technology to stay in touch in quite the same way and we wouldn't have had all the stuff available to us to entertain us yeah I think people would have found other ways though I really believe in like I don't know something would have happened bits of paper would be thrown around or something I don't know you can't sort of break the human spirit in that sense I guess no I wonder if we can get Stanley to say goodbye he's been staring at us disparagingly the whole time yeah yeah. Was that him? Goes. Was that him or was that one of you pretending? No, that's Stanley. He's been we've been like the three of us have been crowding around the phone. It's quite funny and he's <laughs> looking at the phone. He looks quite pissed off. If I <laughs> if I rustle the biscuits he'll make some major noises. Let's get in. Let's get him going. Stanley. Stanley. No, oh, yeah, there you go. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Is he on any of the records, by the way? He should be. He's not on any records, no. He He's very popular with our fans, though. I can imagine. I heard mm. him on the podcast. Cool. If people want to hear your stuff and communicate with you on social media, what's the best way of doing that? 
Well, we've got a website, actually. It's a bit old school, but that's got links to all our Instagrams, Twitters, Facebooks. All the Twitters. All the Twitters. <laughs> well, you've got one. You've got one. I'm trying to encourage you. Kath had a Twitter page of inspirational, a Twitter profile of inspirational quotes. We shouldn't be directing people to the, to that. No. <laughs> but go on our website and follow the links, I guess. Cool. Is it like www.smakefairies.com? Yeah, it is. Great. And you can also buy a T-shirt from there as well. Which will help at the moment as well. Excellent. And when are the in-stores, well, not the in-stores, but the online to replace the in-stores, when are they happening? Um, it's happening on the 3rd of April at 8, I think. Wow, amazing. Yeah, just on Facebook, though. On Facebook. Cool. Okay. Thanks so much, guys. Um, enjoy the rest of your isolation. <laughs> yeah, you too. Stay sane. <laughs> yeah, we'll Stay try safe and sane. Yeah, okay. Take Thanks care. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. See you next time on the Robert Lane Creative Careers podcast. If you could subscribe to the podcast, share it, like it, comment on it, review it, tell all your friends about it, all of those things would be fantastic because the more that people do that, the more that new people get a chance to hear the podcast, join the community and enjoy the content that we're putting out. You can find me at robertlaymusic.co.uk and I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as Robert Lane Music. Please get in touch, let me know if you're enjoying the programmes and who you think I should talk to in the future. Thank you, till next time, goodbye. <laughs>